please welcome our guest moderator, Dean Rosenzweig. Hello, good evening, guten Abend. As she said, we're here to welcome the Brooklyn artist Futura in his collaboration with uh, Beats by Dre and Apple. Uh, we're going to watch a short film to see what's to come here and what we're talking about, and then we'll get into more uh, words with him after the video. My name is Futura. I started writing graffiti in the streets of New York in 1970. The first graffiti piece I ever did was in Riverside Park. The wall that we painted later became known as the Freedom Wall. There's a list of artists from my city and my culture that have passed. Friends who I missed, Basquiat, 30 years ago. He was a great friend. Keys is no longer here, Warhol's no longer here. Stay High 149 is no longer here. Ramel Z is no longer here. Growing up in the city in the 60s, music was a big part of our lives. In the 80s, I worked with The Clash. In the 90s, I did album design. I'm not just a one-dimensional music head, and I think that's the beauty of music. It breaks a lot of barriers down. I don't think I can physically paint without music for Dre and for this Apple exclusive. I've tried to translate my artwork in terms of sound. Beats by Dre is amazing. They sort of reinvented headphones. The Atom has appeared in my work for 30 years. It represents my energy, my sort of spirit. It's not a nuclear power, but it's, it's, a, it's a human power. Now we'll welcome Futura to the stage, please. Welcome. Yep, nice to see you. Thank you, So let, let's start off a little bit about the design for um, Beats by Dre. As we saw from that Adam picture, he's created a design for the headphones. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about how that became. Yeah, uh, I guess about a year ago, I heard about the possibility of being asked to work with Beats by Dre. And, you know, I've always respected Dre, obviously, from his musical genius. And uh, the combination of doing something on one of his products, their products, uh, sold in Apple stores globally, sounded, you know, very inviting. And I was kind of humbled. It's right. awesome. Sure, sure. Uh, the link in between, you're saying you uh, work with The Clash as well, the link between music and art today is becoming more and more popular, I think, and branding with Apple being a part of this as well. Um, what, what was it like working, say, with someone like The Clash? I believe you did a live painting as a backdrop with someone as epic as The Clash. Maybe you could tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, I mean, that was an amazing period. Uh, that, that was more than 30 years ago. That was like 1981. Uh, I mean, I worked with The Clash for a few years, but I met them in 81. And uh, thanks to them, I mean, you know, they actually brought me to Europe for the first time. Wow. Uh, brought me to the UK, uh, brought me to France, um, was on stage with them painting. Uh, yeah, it was, it was unbelievable. Um, I'm saddened by the passing of Joe Strummer, obviously. Yeah. 
He, he was a really good uh, friend of mine and very supportive. Um, you know, the class were, were really awesome in giving me exposure when uh, other people, you know, it was strange that they were foreigners coming to New York and sort of recognized me and, and gave me an opportunity when people locally at the time were not giving me an opportunity. Right, that's amazing. Yeah, that's, that's amazing. pretty cool. Way cool. Um, also, the, um, you're starting your street art in the late 70s, going to the 80s in New York City. Maybe you can explain to us a little bit about, um, you know, how that brought to your art today, where you're painting on canvas before your canvas was actually the streets. Yeah, I mean, looking back to the beginning of my career, if you will, when I was a graffiti writer in New York and painting subways at that time, um, painted some whole cars and, you know, had really amazing trains were running uh, mm. in real time. Yeah, right. Uh, I, as much success as I've had, and it doesn't, success I don't equate it to economic success of just creative um, endeavors over over the timeline. Sure. Um, but nothing, I think, could compare to what we had going on at that time where, you know, if you painted a train, it was rolling around the city and, you know, we were very naive to the power, I guess, that, I mean, ultimately, yes, it had power, but the significance of, of what it meant, I guess, sure. we, we couldn't conceive of it. Right. Today, I would, you know, wouldn't die, but, you know, I would give a finger, you know, <laughs> if, if I could still have productions like that right. running that didn't, that weren't paid for or... Sure. You know, the formula of creation at that time was very unique. It can't be simulated today, even in street art culture as it exists. And there is graffiti being painted on trains around the world today. Sure. But those trains don't ever really run. I mean, they're, they're sort of removed immediately. The system discovers, oh, train number blah, blah, blah has been painted. Last yep. night, some guys got in, send it to the machine. They, they clean it. So. Right. The opportunity for a young artist to see their work in the public space, you know, on the, the S-Bahn, whatever, you know, sure. for example, it's no longer possible. Yeah. You know? So those days are over. It's a bit of nostalgia. Mm -hmm. But all in all, it was a great, um, uh, you know, experience. I know, I know you spent some time in Berlin before, and um, I was trying to talk to you about it earlier. Um, do you feel like you guys paved the way in the 80s of the street art in New York to what you see in Berlin today as being a very heavy-oriented street artist city? Well, not, you know, like not exactly because the movement, I mean, and I came to Berlin and the first time was in 1984. I was actually uh, on a crusade with a bunch of other artists from New York. We were doing something in Cologne and, uh, or, Yes, it was Cologne, and then we had some event there, and it's like four or five of us, I don't want to name anyone's names, but we came here, we painted the Berlin Wall. It was a big, sort of, we could brag about that, like, oh no, we, we, we tagged the wall in Berlin, you know? Sure. you know, like on that kind of a tip. So, you know, in 1983, 84, that was really cool yeah. as a kind of badge of honor or whatever, but, um, after the unification, I came back, and, and there was a wall um, that was left there, I think, you know, for artists to, to paint and yeah. be creative and, you know, 
you have expressions about how you feel about all this, and you know, there were some murals that were quite political, and other stuff that was just very sort of graph-esque with lettering and, and shadows and whatever, but traditional graffiti. But yeah, I did a wall here also at that time near what was like previously Checkpoint Charlie location or something like that, yeah. but and that was like 91. And I've been to Berlin quite a few times over over 30 year period, but I mean, today's street art movement is a re-understanding of what we initially started back in New York, but yet, you know, because I feel that movement died in the 80s, mm -hmm. and it took international artists to sort of carry the torch of what we had created in European cities and ultimately globally. So whatever street art exists today, there are other people who probably deserve credit the Banksy's, the Shepherd Fairies, sure. the, you know, there are yeah. real street artists like a yeah. Blue from Italy, who's like one of yeah. my favorites. So you have to look at the time in which things are happening mm -hmm. and more or less a lot of the street art we know today is, is of the new millennium, unless you want to go back to like, you know, Blake, uh, Lerat, and you know, you want to look at the timeline of stencilism and yeah, repasting. Sure. So pure graffiti, I don't want to say it's fallen off, but it's less of a powerful visual force of the culture. Right. Today, anyone with a sticker, you know, there's, there's so many ways for people to get attention or propaganda, whatever their messages are. Right. Sure. Um, also, you moved from street art into painting canvas yeah. um, in an abstract kind of way. And there seems to be a link between uh, music, science, and art. Maybe you care to elaborate on this a little bit? Well, I mean, you know, music, I feel, is, you know, is, is, is kind of like a co-pilot to the creative process, no matter what that is for whoever. Obviously, if you're in music industry, that's, that's your life. But as an exterior creative from the music circle, uh, you know, we need music. We need some sort of, uh, I don't know, like a, a beat, you know, and so that's why beats and, you know, stomping your foot and kind of human rhythm is quite important. I mean, I've been around the world, you know, I've seen cultures where dance was more prevalent, uh, you know, so it's, it's all those aspects, but hip-hop was music, art, dance, initially. Sure. If yeah. you think of kids break dancing and backdrops being painted and DJs on, and MCs on microphones. So the, the sort of four pillars or the directions of all that have been, you know, that's science right there. Sure, and, and what, what, um, what called you into this? What was your calling to do street art? I mean, you were at the beginning, you were an innovator in street art. So what was that you saw or felt or was pulled into it? What, what brought you there? Uh, the imagination, you know, yeah. uh, which is free. Okay, yeah. I mean, even when yeah. you like don't have resources, you can mm -hmm. kind of dream up shit. And yeah. so that was important from my upbringing and, you know, circumstance, which I never looked as myself of, you know, hey, I don't have this, I don't have that, because I always, could make shit up and work with my hands. So becoming a graffiti writer, I guess it was more of uh, wanting to join this movement, which I perceived to be a modern day hieroglyphics. You know, when it first hit, 
I was looking at the writing on the wall going like, wow, there's really some communication going on mm. here. But most of the people can't decipher it. And right. I'd like to add to this language. Sure. And yeah. Kind of did. So, but I had no real, you know, there's, there's, there's no like plan. It's sort of just organic autopilot, you know, hope you make good decisions. Sure. Emotion, not economic, you know, not economics, you know, just mm -hmm. good choices in life. Right. Smart. Okay. Is there, um, you know, working with Dre, Beats by Dre, is there a highlight that you could talk about that how this all came together and working with him? Well, uh, truth be told, I haven't met Dre yet. Mm -hmm. I'm hoping this will occur because I'm a big fan, obviously. Yeah, me uh, as well. You know, from, from the very beginning. Uh, but, um, yeah, I mean, you know, they were very respectful in terms of uh, recognizing who I, I guess, sounds pretentious, you know, who I am as an artist. You yeah. know, I don't, I don't like those to have to be my words, but, and so recognizing me for my contribution to the movement, mm -hmm. they wanted my involvement creatively. Yeah. Wow, what a great opportunity. Once again, it's like, in addition, you know, hey, these will be at Apple stores and also offering me a possibility if we were to do this, would you be inclined to maybe go out and speak to people, you know, sure. i.e. like yeah. here? Yeah. And I want to say yeah. thanks, everyone, obviously, for your time today and coming. You know, some of you may know me. Some of you may have seen the easel and like, who is this guy, whatever. But for those of you who do know me, thanks for coming. And I appreciate your support. For those who don't, I hope you would learn about me and come to find out that not only am I an artist, but I'm also a, a father. Uh, my two children are here with me. I don't know if they're in the room, but they're here. My son broke his iPhone. He's trying to get a new one. <laughs> and my daughter's here uh, somewhere as well. So, you know, what I'm doing, it's not about me and my boys, and we're hanging out, just trying to have a good time. It's this point in my life, I'm trying to do the best I can and evolve continuously, creatively, on a humanitarian level and recognize the things in my life that are very important. Very positive, oh, very positive, cool. Sorry about that. Uh, and also you're being quite modest. I, I know you work in many mediums and um, have, your hands, have your hands in a lot of things. Um, you have a clothing label, the I did. Future I did. Laboratories. I, I, uh, yeah, we didn't cover that, yeah. uh, okay. game, but yeah. no, I, I actually, I pull back on that now. Yeah. I, I, gotcha. but, but yes, I had for many but, years. Yeah. Uh, just company. creative in many different ways, man of all talents. Few things. Um, and I ride Fixie also. Just <laughs> FYI. What, what's next after this? What, what do you do after this tour? What, what happens next or for sure? You no, know, like I said, there's nothing really there, uh, you know, written for sure. the schedule, the calendar. Mm -hmm. There's no calendar. Although, I always am envious of those kind of production calendars where there's like a lot, a lot of activity and numbers and shit's written on a lot of lines. It looks like people are really busy. But no, I, I don't have it like that. I mean, I'm, I can foresee, you know, next few things. I mean, it's hard to explain to people because I go against tradition a lot. Like, you know, most people are hustling right now, just trying to stay above water. Sure. And I'm really comfortable, you know, in my little railroad apartment in Brooklyn. You know, I pay like 980 a month, you know, it's reasonable. Uh, and that's that's it for me. You know, right. it's like uh, this, so. There's nothing to acquire, and I've already got enough to support. You know, a 
fictitious, uh, I don't know what, like a 10-year plan if I was to just sure. shut everything down. Yep. But I won't. I'll yep, keep working and painting, yep. and something will happen. And you know, hopefully I'll meet some more interesting people along the way, and we'll exchange who we are and what we do and the things we enjoy, and mm-hmm. you know, we'll be creative together. Right. I mean, that's, what whole... the, that's what this is all about, I think, yeah. as well. It's like, they're super creative. I think I am. You know, they've put us on a product, and right. maybe the consumers are feeling it. Yeah, I I would like to think so. I mean, being taking your art and working with some of these great companies like this, I think that's the way forward in my own mind. I don't don't know how other people feel about it, but I don't know if it's reinventing yourself to work with these people, or is it? It's not because the you know the templates to cross over. I mean, you know, uh, remember seeing seeing uh, Steven Sprouse on like uh, Louis Vuitton bags back in the eighties, right? This is early, kind of like. Random scribbling, you know, tags. Yeah. I mean, not Jose Parla, you know, not on a level of actual style, mm-hmm. but just handwriting, you know, random uh, fluorescent on bags. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, that's one kind of almost grotesque example. But I mean, you know, I even Warhol explained, you know, Herring had a pop shop. He was already yeah. putting his name on, you know, everything that you figured you could sell. So. Sure. But working with Burton, working with Beats by Dre, working with Nike, working with certain companies that can offer an exposure for me, which extends from when I was a kid writing my name on a wall, which had a very limited audience. Yeah, yeah. You know, think of the audience of this product, for sure. example. It's yeah, quite it's worldwide. vast, right? Yeah. And so the getting up, the basic, like, hey, this is me. And fortunately, you know, my tag's on the box. Yeah. A little thing about me, you know, okay, it's, to look at it personally, it's embarrassing, but there's some info there, you know, yeah. for people to yeah. get, and, you know. You, you've come a long way. It's amazing what you've accomplished. Um, I'm wondering if it's not a, embarrassing. It's not. <laughs> I'm wondering if you could tell a story about, okay, the early days you're painting in the subway systems and things. Is there something well, like where... like being chased? Or? Being chased by authorities or anything that happened? Were we one of the lucky ones that didn't? I mean, I got chased. Yeah. I never got caught. Never got caught. Yeah, never That's got amazing. caught. Good for you. I mean, it wasn't it wasn't like I was slick or anything. It's just that uh, it's a big city, mm-hmm. and you know we're in there. It's Sunday morning at like 3 a.m. You know, the, the the chances of getting caught are quite remote. Yeah. And at that time, it wasn't like today where you have fencing and security systems and cameras. You know, there was it was open access. It was a period in which a system could be taken over by a majority, you know, it's just like the warriors, uh, you know, mentality, you know, that, that whole idea, yeah, like, sure. you know, we, we can do it, you know, if we yeah. unify. Yeah, and, great comparison. And so there was a kind of a unification, no pun intended, uh, to, the, to Germany, obviously, but, you know, we, we, we were, like, united at that time, and ultimately, you know, we're a thousand, ten thousand individuals uh, under that umbrella. No, great. So what we're going to do is we're going to open up the audience to a few questions. This gentleman here, yes, sir. Hi, um, I'm of the thesis that uh, artists are somehow always at the frontier of using technology throughout the times, and uh, I was just wondering if uh, you you. See, see this in your own career 
uh, going forward and, and doing stuff now, how you're using technology and um, whether that's a part of your thinking and... Sure. I mean, uh, you know, as, as far as technology, um, when, I, when I started writing graffiti, it was 1970, I was 15 years old. Um, four years later, well, three years later, I, I'm going to give you a little small story. Three years later, uh, I was involved in an accident with a friend of mine. We were painting a train, September 1973. So, you know, I was in the movement a couple of years. I was kind of a nobody, but, you know, I had good style. A fire broke out. Very unfortunate, my friend was badly burned. That incident, accident, forced me to join the military. So 1974, I joined the United States military. Six months later, I was on an aircraft carrier in the middle of the Pacific Ocean, working on a flight deck with jet planes. So I was into technology like really early. And when I came out of the military, I was starving for the things I knew were there for military application, but were going to take years to develop into civilian society. So personally, yeah, I'm a tech head. And to be an Apple and to know I probably spent, I could say, honestly, I mean, they could even check my account, you know, 20, easily 20K on their product. And every first gen thing they made, from iPod to pad to, to phone and et cetera. So, and obviously all their computing systems and monitors and all of that. So, yeah, I'm about it. I think today everyone is about technology, but I don't think tech is really part of the artist career. It's kind of been part of mine. But when I paint, I use spray cans, so there's no tech involved. So I'm a tech addict, and I'm, like I say, my addiction dates back to when I was a child, and I saw some really cool stuff that we still haven't seen yet. And they just developed newer stuff that civilian people will probably never get their hands on. I mean, so I wish... Uh, I wish there was probably jetpacks, like I thought there would be, <laughs> but there aren't. I mean, there's iPhone fives, so <laughs> they're pretty cool, also. So uh, I mean, um, I was thinking more in terms of uh, the medium, like uh, I don't know, 3D printing or. Um, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it, you know, all those options are there. I guess people will use uh, technology creatively. But for people who paint with brushes and things of that nature, I mean, I don't see how they're going to, you know, change what they're doing uh, rather than help them exchange the imagery of those creations vis-a-vis -vis whatever, you know, whatever they're plugged into. Um, but no, I wouldn't invest, I mean, in, in those type of, I mean, yeah, my friends have uh, laser etchers. They're awesome. You know, you give them a skateboard, they can burn your logo and, and do a picture of, you know, Marilyn Monroe on it. But I don't know. I mean, those things are also gimmicky. So you have to be careful. Thank you. Sure. Yeah. Hi, my name is Flo. Hey, Flo, where are you? Yeah, yeah I'm, I'm here. How Hi. are you, sir? Nice to have you back in Berlin. Thank uh, you. I was Alles klar. Yeah, alles klar. Yes, <laughs> right. Um, I'm wondering, you still got time just to paint for yourself or you're obviously in such so many processes with media dates and stuff like this that you don't even have time for painting just for fun or for your kids? How is it? I mean, no. back in the days, 
Well, I back think in you the days, still have more time. You're just writing and printing and stuff like this. But now you're in Berlin, you're in Japan, whatever. Sure. You, you still got time? Yeah, I do. I mean, you know, this year has been a little crazy with a couple of projects I've been on. But you know, even when I'm back home, I. I have my railroad apartment I mentioned, and my 980 apartment, and I have actually an $1,100 studio, another similar-ish size spot that I paint in and can you know, make the place a mess. And, and I mean, the thing about any creative space is, and I think what's important is obviously people who want to do things should have one, uh, which can enable you to do what you like, you know, obviously, and then leave things as they are and you know, come back whether it be a, an hour, a week, in my case, sometimes five weeks later, and shit's exactly where it was. So studio space is always going to be key, if anything, for me to escape from all of this kind of stuff as well, because I need to balance uh, what's really real and you know, the kind of things I've committed to, which are also real, but you know, it's not like you're saying, like when you're just in there painting out of joy of Hey, what am, what's what will happen here? What is in your heart, at, at least, or what what is uh, with your friends, stuff like this? So you're not only painting for money or for fame; you're just painting for yourself and from the bottom of your heart. That's that's it, oh? Yes and no. Sometimes you know paintings are for uh, you know so, whether it's an exhibition. I mean, obviously, you know, exhibitions are different, but. In, in the periods between exhibitions and not having a show, if you will, yeah, you should be working just to create work, not because you have a show and you need paintings to put into that show. So, I mean, at the moment, I've been a little like out of the studio, but I'm not out of it, uh, you know, I'm not out of it. So, uh, one last question. Uh, you stay for one more day here or you just have to leave tomorrow morning? It's over. It's over. Okay. It's over. So we're not joining you in a club like back in the days, yeah? It won't be like that. It okay. will be a good Wiener Schnitzel and some beer this evening and then... Good. Okay. I'll read this in. I hope to have you back. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you, Flo. So yeah, I, I love the fact that just to add to what he was saying that, you know, and the feeling I get from you is that you paint because you're a true artist. You paint because you have something inside you need to get out. Uh, you're just a very creative person. So. But you know, there's a time when you get inspired, you know, people are like, oh, what inspires you? And you know, oh, how about... it's very difficult to ask that. I mean, you know, I think uh, I don't get inspired really. I mean, I, it's all there. It's like a formula. I just need motivation. You know, the inspiration is there. I can inspire myself. I can look at my children and get inspired. I have to be motivated to go do something now. So, you know, motivation young people today are lacking of, you know, I'm still old enough. I think I can fabricate. I can f just create fake motivation. You know, just mm. tell myself, yo, just go do it. You know yeah, what I mean? Sure. And, and I will do it. Just mm. because I wouldn't want to tell myself to do something and I was like, couldn't do it. You know what I'm yeah, saying? Sure. So. It's sort of a battle, but yeah, I mean, you can't always, it's not always there. And people who are, you know, I don't know, I mean, like, I, I, I feel it, and then I have to go there and work, you know. But if I'm not emotionally in the right place, I don't think the work's going to be representative. You know, it's, all these things have to kind of be right. And when they are, then that's the moment when I feel it's a good time to work. And, and personally, as it goes, I, I'm, 
although I'm not a nightclub guy, I don't stay out late, I work quite late, uh, i.e. like I like to paint after midnight. Sure, sure. Do you feel you that's know, like the best creative time it's for just your mind? The, it's just that darker hour when, you know, everything's quite calm. And, mm. and that's when like a nice sound is good to accompany you, you know, whatever it is. Yeah, sure. Listening to your Beats by Dre yeah. headphones. Right. And yeah, I, I, I use them as well, and they're really great quality. Awesome. The sound's amazing. Is there um, someone certain that you listen to or like at the moment that really helps you be inspired? I mean, get lucky. I think everybody's sick of it, right? I've, pl <laughs> I've overplayed that right now. Mm -hmm. um, you know, uh, Kendrick. I mean, you know, I've been into the whole new rap game, I guess, because my kids, you know, and I just, I mean, the older I am, the older I get, the younger I get, in a sense, mm -hmm. in terms of, you know, I'm not willing to just let my heart grow uh, the way the body is, if you will. Yeah, you know, sure. I keep my mind kind of sharp, and, you know, I mean, you're asking like, yo, do you want to go back and paint? And I'm thinking of like, well, yeah, I do, but what's the next Instagram image? You know, like, how can I just keep being, you know, sort of using this platform, which is completely uh, weird, but fascinating. You right, know, so, sure. I mean, paintings, unfortunately, are for, uh, you know, unless I'm giving them away, I mean, they're expensive. Sure. So I can't share those with everyone but I can share other things with many people, and right. I'm willing to do that. Great. Uh, we have another question over here, I believe. Yes, please. Oh, sorry, over here. Welcome to Berlin, and uh, Thank you. auf Wiedersehen. If you're going tonight, it's a pity. Tomorrow, but it's too uh, soon, absolutely. Okay. Um, uh, my name is Kemnos, and uh, I think we met in uh, Frankfurt in 1997 or 99. Maybe Sounds like a remember, jam. Uh, what? <laughs> yeah, the jam. Uh, what, back uh, jumps? Bomber Spring Jam, and okay. uh, you were with Torch. Yeah. Excellent. Yeah, remember that one? Yes, I yeah. do, actually. You said Frankfurt, right? <laughs> yeah, it was Frankfurt. Was that organized by Adrian? Uh, no, it was organized by Bomber, uh, Helge Steinmann. Helge Steinmann, yeah. okay. And you were with Torch uh, with the 360-degree records. Yeah. yeah, they did a re-release of, right, right. of my rap Of the record. escapade. Yeah, oh, wow, right, okay. Right, right. Yeah, I it totally remember that, that. It was sure. that time, okay. And um, I was the one uh, copying your whole cars. <laughs> well, um, thank yeah. you. I mean, you know. <laughs> and <laughs> I mean, you know, most people get, you know, I mean, I feel like, uh, you know, if I inspired artists to uh, develop their work, you know, I don't know, a la Futura or in the style, which is now quite popular if you if you notice the yeah, abstract. If you're coming up in the 80s as a writer, you were a big inspiration, so to say. Oh, well, yeah, man, I really appreciate that. I mean, you know, I get that a lot from artists and I'm gr very grateful because when I first started painting in the 80s, my first spray paintings on canvas, even my brake car uh, on the subway, people were like, eh. No, I'm not feeling that. And they were like, oh, you know what? This looks like Malevich. This looks like Kandinsky. This looks like Watteau. And naming all these artists, quite frankly, I had no education. So I didn't know who you're talking about. And I felt it's, it's wrong for people to label me as a copycat of an artist whose work, quite frankly, I didn't know. And today, 30 years later, there's quite a whole army of kids probably are out there. And, very derivative of my work, and 
it's amazing that not knowing where I was going as an artist at that time when people were referencing me to those guys, today young artists are being kind of referenced to me. And I'm totally cool with it because I think it means that what I did perhaps has some value beyond the commercial successes. Mm -hmm. It's like people got something out of it and wanted to do something with, with it. Mm -hmm. and that's a positive influence. Yeah, I think it's very positive. You know, and I'm grateful. I'm very grateful for that. It's flattering. Yeah, oh, totally flattering. Yeah. And, you know, some of it's quite good, actually. Yeah. So cool. I can't, you know, I'm not angry. So there's uh, only a second thing that I want to say. Yes. As I remained as a, a graffiti writer or style writer, I am uh, landed on a planet that calls uh, Field Station Berlin. Okay. And for the next time you come in, yep. you got to come there because uh, get some information about this place, uh, Teufelsberg Field Station. Field Station, oh, yeah. might Berlin, be yeah. interesting yeah. for you. Might be interesting for your kids. Everything. Well, thank you. I'm there. Field Station. I'll I'll see you next time. Tschüss. Hey, Lenny. So you've been an internet pioneer, basically. I think you had probably one of the busiest artists side like 10, 15 years ago. Um, now everything is mobile, Instagram, as you said. Would you be interested or are you already working on something in this segment, mobile, user interfaces, stuff like that? Excellent question, Marley. Marley's one of my old compatriots. He posted a photo recently when I was here. I think it was like 92... Uh, bicycle Messenger Championships, uh, when I actually at that event met James Lavelle, and James Lavelle winds up being very important in my career with Moax and all the affiliation. But what you're saying is awesome because, yeah, in 96 when I first got online, I, I wrote a website, it was quite deep. I taught myself HTML, you know, somebody kind of showed me how to copy and paste, and I picked up on it really quickly, and I really was very proud of that site. Uh, what I like to do now is create that site as an app, as a free app. So it's kind of like for all the new kids on the block who didn't have that experience, and subsequently I actually took it offline. Um, I still have it archived, but you know, it would be great to give that away. You know, yeah, we have a project here. Do we have a project? Yeah, we do. Well, that's amazing because I really would love to do that, and I think. You know, we could work out a way to do it for free and then have like, you know, side show stuff that you could maybe charge people for, whether it's photos, uh, some sort of a wallpaper, you know, something to supplement someone's cost to create this. Yet, I wouldn't really want anything out of it because the whole thing is the shit is free. And that's what free is. Free should be free. And it's not going to be with me trying to make a profit because the whole joy of doing that was it was it was free it cost me nothing to create just my time and the feedback i got from the world and ultimately years later people recognizing like yo you created a dope site like before there were dope sites so knowing that is still possible you know and this has got nothing to do with street art or painting or anything and it's another little you know it's a little feather in the quill, but yeah, I would love to do that and we can, I'd love to explore that, Marley. I think it's important to, you know, transport the visual language you have created at that time and, you know, over the past decades and uh, it's not about profit or money at that no, point. No, it would it's be just... a bit of a historical thing as well, it, you know, and so if it has, 
slash educational value, then boom, you're doing a service, you know, and public services, for me, it's always good, you know, not only when you get busted and you have to do it, but when you <laughs> want to do it. Cool, thanks. Now, I had to clean some parks in New York. Or <laughs> I did get busted, but that was not related to the art world. <laughs> Different story. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> we won't open up that can of worms. Not for the podcast. Uh, over here. Hey. Hi. Hi there. Welcome as well. And, Thank you. Um, a rather specific question towards your painting because sure. I. You're a painter. I am a painter. There you go. And I only got to know, I must confess, your work sort of two weeks ago. Okay. But had a proper look at most of what I could get from the internet. And which I. Which is was, flawed, which is flawed, by the way. Well, um, you haven't got a, an own website in that sense yet. So No, this um, is true. You should probably create one, because I think um, there is a lot about your work on canvas, which I was uh, quite surprised and happy to see, because there is a mixture of rather arbitrary elements and a strong composition. And looking at it, I was wondering whether that composition is part of your work and creation, or sort of also maybe a motivation for you, or whether that is simply happening as well as you go along, and what sort of, what is important to you with that or with that combination? Yeah, I mean, thank you uh, very much. Um, yeah, I mean, composition, you know, in a word, it really has a lot to do with it, because, you know, the limitations of the medium, whatever they may be, the size specifically, you know, it's um, frontiers, it's borders, it's, you know. And my objective was to paint uh, beyond those borders. Uh, so a lot of my work tends to go off canvas, off camera. And that's good, because to me, it's not confined. And in addition, it translates to me a sense of movement and space. and. And so the organization of all these sort of things, I guess, visually, uh, is the composition that you speak of. But for me, it's quite important because it's when I know when to say when and when I feel, okay, this specific work is done. You know? But you know, painting is very, um, it's very personal and it is the kind of thing, like I said before, it doesn't always work. You know, I've had some moments where I was working and, you know, just none of it really was good and none of it came out right and stuff. And, you know, I have no problem with just trashing it and, you know, or, or buffing it and, you know, just trying to start over again. Um, but, yeah, I mean, painting, uh, you know, it, it's my love. It, it's, it's, it's like the basis, I guess, you know, beyond my hand, you know, beyond the uh, calligraphy, uh, calligraphic aspect of who I am as a, as a, uh, as an artist. Painting is 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 also very close, but uh, once again, you know, I can take pictures. You know, I can design web pages. I could, you know, I can do. I could play baseball. I could ride a bike. I can do things. So I don't want to ever just do one thing and just get wrapped up in it because you need perspective on, you know, different things to, to return and, and maybe be inspired again or quite the opposite, you know, realize now this is not cool and 
Try something well, new. Do me a favor, keep on painting. <laughs> Thank you. You prefer my paintings. Thank you. Right. Hi there. Hello. Um, I've really enjoyed listening to you, and I kind of have a personal question because I'm also a mother. Yeah. Um, how did your parents, did they even know what you were up to back then when you were 15? And did they have any clue what you were doing? Because back then it was pretty scandalous, I would say. No, of course. I mean, uh, and God bless my parents. Uh, they died many years ago, and I, I really love them. Um, but, no, I mean, um, when that fire happened that I mentioned, that I said, you know, I was painting, and in 73 there was a fire with my friend, that night when I took my friend from the fire to the hospital, after I brought my friend to the hospital, I ran to my own home and I told my mother what happened. And that was the first time she found out about my life. I was so terrified of my mother. Not my dad, my mom wore the pants in my family. And she had me under manners, you know, whatever you want to say. And, you know, I was a mischievous kid, but I was a really good student. Okay. So I did everything the mom asked me to do. And I gave her no reason to suspect anything. It's a bit of a you know, um, premeditated bad guy, actually, right? Because I know what's wrong and what's right, and I'm still doing wrong. Um, but I loved that woman. And, you know, strangely enough, when I came home, you know, uh, tattered and whatever from the fire, you know, scar, well, not, not actually, uh, I've been so lucky through my life, I didn't even get, you know, like a spark on me during that incident. And when I came home dirty that night, my mom said to me after I told her, she's like, baby, I knew, oh. I knew. So that's how cool Mom Dukes was. You know, well, she was cool about it. Okay, thanks a lot. Sure. So uh, unfortunately, we're running out of time here. But um, Awesome. Yeah, <laughs> it's over. Schnitzel and beer time. Totally. Uh, but let's all thank Futura for being here. If I can't be there for people who are fun and want to have fun like me, I want to have fun also, who am I? Thank Great. you. Thanks again.